Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. After the dust settles on IU Wisconsin, finally, uh, after a long losing streak, Indiana's back in the win column. Uh, as they knocked off the Wisconsin Badgers 20-14 to 14 in a rock fight, um, but defensive battle for IU to uh, move to 3-6, and 1-5 and five in Big Ten play. And guess what, Alex? Playoff mode continues for the Indiana Hoosiers. They move on um, and get the right to play Illinois, who somehow came back and beat Minnesota. Um, listening in the car, I texted you guys. I thought Illinois had lost, and then all of a sudden, a 46 yard touchdown pass gives them a one point win over the, the Gophers. They go to Illinois, um, to try to, to continue the season, um, and uh, keep their bowl hopes alive. They did that on Saturday. Alex, you were at the game in the stands. Uh, what, what were your impressions? Yeah, Victory Sunday is always good, regardless uh, of circumstance or how the season's gone. So never going to complain with two in a row against the Badgers either. So we'll take that for sure. Beautiful day in Bloomington. I mean, if you could draw kind of a, a fall Saturday, that was about what you would come up with. So, yeah. It's almost it was, too, too perfect that people was, had to leave at halftime. Yeah, time. it was – we were winning by too much, and the weather was too nice for people to not, you know, show up and the students to stay. So that was that was a bummer. Um, yeah, it was nice. Uh, beautiful day. Nothing like a, a Saturday on campus for a college football home game. That's really what it's all about. So, yeah, it was great. Uh, great to get a win. Love watching a lot of – a lot of Badger fans walking dejected out of the stadium. So that's always, always a good one as well for me. So um, yeah, you know, good win. And it's shocking if you play kind of just competent football, like they did yesterday, how you don't need every play on the margins to go your way and you can still win. And when you don't shoot yourself in the foot constantly and you make the other teams beat you, sometimes they're not going to make enough plays. And that's what happened yesterday. I know Wisconsin banged up. And their, you know, their quarterback didn't look great, but Indiana made more plays than Wisconsin did, and that's that's the bottom line. So when yeah. you when and you, you know what Indiana three down phases that happens. Yeah, and if you're going to go by that logic, which some fans have, you know what? Then the last two years don't count because Indiana has been banged up in 21 in 22 too. So, uh, that's it's football. That's part of the game. I, I you, you were out, Tanner Mordecai. Uh, Braylon Allen, who's the Big Ten's leading rusher, and then Chim uh, Chim DK, uh, who was their best receiver. But it's still Wisconsin was five and three coming into the game uh, in first place in the Big Ten West. And holy hell, how bad is the Big Ten West? Um, you know, just looking at the scores there, um, it, it's it's a win. It doesn't matter. It's football. You you play whatever team rolls out. And Wisconsin had a lot of 
lot to play for. Maybe they came out a little sluggish after Ohio State lost last week. But guess what? Um, you know, they, they keep score for a reason. And Indiana did that. Let's go to um, not shooting yourself in the foot, which is something Indiana didn't do. The referees and the officiating crew did a lot, though. Uh, but, you know, Indiana put Dekeese Carter back on punt return, something that I had seen in fall camp and why Cam Jordan was the next guy up after Jalen Lucas was kind of surprising uh, there. But, De- you know, he he let the ball – he had a good read on the punts. There was one punt he let bounce at the 10. It, it rolled up to the 13. So he read that one well. He fair caught it. Um, there was one fair catcher I thought, oh, maybe be a little aggressive. Um, but, you know, catch the ball was the most important thing. He did that, uh, you know, the, the missed field goal, I think it went wide right and then over the top. Uh, it's hard to tell on that TV angle if you don't have something. But either way, it was no good and, and probably brought back PTSD for a lot of IU fans watching. And then, you know, outside of a longer punt return where they broke tackles, special teams is fantastic. They you know, James, Evan, James Evans flipped the field well, pinned them inside the 20 uh, three times, I think inside the 10 a bunch of times. Uh, you got Jalen Lucas ignited the offense on that first drive with a nice return to the 34. Uh, he had another one out to the 29. Um, it's good to see him getting a little shiftiness back. Uh, but, you know, that the 50-yard field goal, now you know Chris Freeman could hit him. So uh, you're finding out your range. And uh, he, on kickoffs, they, I don't think they had one kickoff return. Yep, so, that's what I was going to say. Touchback every time, no penalties on special teams. And then, yeah, so good job to Freeman. Obviously, he missed another short one, but he made he made the big one, the 55-yarder at the end of the game. And then he had a touchback in every kickoff, which was good. So you minimize potential for big plays, you minimize penalties, and you didn't kick it out of bounds. So I think good game overall for him. Um, yeah, and then punt punt coverage and punt team Evans continues to be outstanding. He's been the watch the development he's shown over the last what three seasons now has been terrific. He's been outstanding. Um and then yeah, I think coverage wise or return wise, you could tell we were setting up for fair catches, which is fine. Carter did a nice job knowing when to do that, when to let it go, as you mentioned already. But then the adjustment we made was we actually caught you know, the ball. tried to block it. We'll caught the ball, yeah, but then you you put everybody else up on the line and you make Wisconsin have to bring guys closer to the line and not have 12 guys standing around Carter when he's fair catching it. That's simple stuff, but you can tell they made an adjustment, so that was good to see. And then punting-wise, no real issues or concerns getting any of the punts off, anything like that, so – uh, yeah, special teams, besides the missed, uh, missed field goal, I think you give them an A. Um, so that was great to see. Yeah, uh, let's move to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and, and it was good to see. I know everybody's talking about Donovan McCulley's one-handed catch, his, his running catch, also where everybody thought he was down, uh, except for McCulley himself. But it was good to see EJ Williams come in yeah. and make an impact um, and get back into game shape. He injured his hand, and it, this wasn't like a strength and conditioning thing 
it was, you know, the hit against Indiana State it looked like the helmet went right into his hand. And I, I, I'm just guessing here, probably broke a bone in there. And as a receiver yeah. who uses your hands to catch the ball, probably not ideal to play with a broken hand. But he's come back. I thought, you know, he made a couple big catches, yeah. big catches and runs, and showed you why he was a former five-star recruit. And if he's healthy down the stretch um, – you know, adding him to the mix in there should be as well. <clears throat> some some tough injury news with uh, Omar Cooper got rolled up on, and then Khalil Benson got hurt in game as well. We'll see how they're doing uh, later in the week. But I thought the offense under Brandon, they, they didn't turn the ball over. Um, there were a couple times where they, they could have. They fumbled it twice. Um you know, on exchanges and then that option play where, man, if you just make a better pitch, yeah. uh, you you run out the clock there and, and the game's over. But didn't turn the ball over. Thought he threw the ball well. Yep. Uh, took some chances. And then he ran the ball well. And if you take out the sack yardage, uh, which shouldn't be against rushing yards anyway, uh, he ran for like 34 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he looked great, and again, this is why I've been saying with all the available tape we've had up until they, whatever you want to call the competition, I thought he looked better. I thought offensive-wise and what you kind of need to spread the ball around, make make plays with your legs, I thought he was our best option, and I still continue to think that. And I think he probably played his best game, maybe the Penn State game, but I think most complete game he played was was yesterday and he played a, a really good game. You can tell he's more comfortable now. He's in control of the offense. He's kind of getting into a rhythm, able to spread the ball around. They're moving the pocket for him using his skill set. He's really good throwing the ball on the run with his strong arms. So yeah, I thought he played a, a great game. And I don't think when we've struggled as much as we have recently on offense, when you have a guy play like Sorsby did yesterday can't nitpick too much. I don't think we're expecting 350 yards through the air, but manage the game. Maybe two throws you probably want back. There was one that was tipped and fell to the ground. And then a couple that he threw kind of on the run, those deep outs. Um, you know, if he doesn't have that strong of an arm, those are probably picked off, but, but they got through. And yeah, I thought EJ Williams, none of them were huge, but they were all, important a couple of them on third down a couple really tough contested catches so it was great to see dj williams back in the mix healthy here uh down the stretch like you mentioned sammy but yeah run game couldn't get much going at all with the backs that's wisconsin football that's what they do but yeah couldn't couldn't get henderson going lucas continues to struggle on offense uh but so soars beyond some of those draw plays and those scrambles i thought honestly was the difference being able to pick up some yardage with the ground, but yeah, offense overall, pretty good. I think O-line was pretty good adjustment. Wisconsin made late third quarter, fourth quarter, especially when Benson went down, they just brought a ton of guys and we, we were not prepared. There were a couple sacks where Sorsby just had no chance. Got to clean that up. You got to be able to recognize that and, and get out of those plays that's yep, especially against his fifth start or whatever it was. Yeah, especially against Illinois next week, and you have Johnny Newton and and that defensive line yeah. there. Let's flip over the defensive side of the ball. 
And there's a lot to talk about on defense, but we yeah. got to start with Aaron Casey, who had himself quite the game. Nine tackles, seven solo stops, four tackles for loss, two sacks, and a forced fumble uh, to go along with with all those numbers. He's back to playing that disruptive football that was missing against Rutgers and Maryland and, and all those things. So I don't know if he was banged up or just needed to get healthy, but it looks like that that game wrecker, Aaron Casey, is back. He came up with big sacks, um, especially on the last drive uh, yep. there that killed the game for Wisconsin. He's just sitting there. In I coverage. was screaming at him. The one thing I want to nitpick him on real quick after that sack, he almost did not get back on sides because he was so hyped out. I was, I was up there screaming to get back because uh, they almost had a free play and, you know, maybe it wouldn't have mattered, but they were trying it to would have stopped the clock. Right. And Casey was, you know, Casey was still behind the line running around and I was, I was screaming, get back, get back. But, but yeah, he, did. he heard game. you. That's what you want to see back up against the wall. And that's probably your, your team captain, your team leader. And you, you want to see performances like that when your backs are up against the wall and boy, did he deliver? Yeah, it definitely delivered. And then the secondary, uh, which, you know, we've been concerned about all coming into the year of these young guys, Jordan Shaw, yeah, he's probably responsible for the two touchdowns let up. Um, but those are freshman mistakes. You know, one, he bounced off a guy on a play where IU probably should have taken a timeout. They're a late substitution, couldn't get guys lined up. Guy runs a slant, you hit it, you miss a tackle, it's going to go for a touchdown. And a good, um, screen, a good screen by the official on that one as well. Made it uh, tougher to bring him down, but yeah. Yeah, we'll get into the officials here in a little bit. Um, and then on the other touchdown, he just got juked out of his shoes um, uh, on a cut. He just fell down, and the guy was wide open in the end zone. But uh, he he played well, nine tackles at the Husky position, which he was just put there last week, uh, so an impressive performance. And then one that goes under the radar, Philip Dunham, uh, was mm -hmm. terrific in past uh in pass defense, uh, two bro passes broken up, four tackles. I just I thought the Indiana defense um, was fantastic, and that's if they're going to play that way the rest of the the year. Um, you you could start thinking about hey, we we might have a shot to to win out or um, you know continue that playoff mode for the next couple weeks. Yeah, secondary was great. I think the big difference for me, I'll start with. Casey and the linebackers. I think Josh Rudolph played an awesome game as well. I think yep. he's he's gotten a ton more playing time the last couple of weeks. He's he's taken some snaps from Mangum Farrar. Rudolph had a whale of a game. He had that big tackle for loss on that swing pass uh, with uh, with Miner out there. But Rudolph has been playing really well. So as a guy that came from Austin P, little undersized, he's kind of coming quick. Out, which is he's great. quick. Yeah. He is, which is very great. quick, which you saw. Um, you saw last week. You saw him uh, against Penn State too. He's just quick, ed, you know, sideline to sideline linebacker. And and if you're gonna stand, excuse me. And if you're you're gonna play Wisconsin, you're gonna have to take on some bigger blockers. And he did that, and that's an important depth piece for Indiana at that linebacker position. Uh, but o overall defense was, was fantastic. Um, let's get into the officiating. Um, and it's not sour grapes this time. 
Uh, and, and look, every review went IU's way. And you know what? I'm not going to apologize for it. If you got the call right on the field, you wouldn't have to review it. Uh, there, there was the the first down to Donovan McCulley, which was a clear first down, marked the yard back. He had the fumble. Um, you know, the the only close 50-50 one was the Soresby fumble that got um, confirmed that he was down, uh, his shin was down, and then uh, Aaron Casey's forced fumble. They said the player was down. It wasn't even close. It was a it, it was a fumble. And also, you had um, the rough in the passer. That if on a, on a third down uh, to start the second half, Indiana forces an incomplete pass. Wisconsin's going to punt the game. The, the game's over on that, probably. Um, you call roughing the passer on a, on a glorified shove that came a split second after he threw the ball, and then. The booth initiates a targeting review. It's just, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I honestly don't have a ton of gripes, I'll say. Working the passer tough, I think anytime there's like that contact up top, you're going to, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's right. I don't think it's the spirit of the rule or the flag. Soresby, I thought, got hit much worse a few times later and higher than than Locke did on that one. That that's a that's a phantom call that we're used to. But yeah, as the reviews went our way. I think a couple of the spots were atrocious, like that one that EJ Williams had. They marked him about a yard short. And then so it was about a two-yard difference after they reviewed it. Don't know how you missed that. Could have called a holding on a lot more plays. I think the inline tight end they used a lot. He he held almost every play. Um, and that's where Andre Carter, you know, the production maybe hasn't been there, but he's he's still disruptive, uh, drawing penalties and stuff. But I think the ones on those, you know, swing passes or those sweep actions, I think they did they did call those holdings when they were there. So Yeah, they yeah. had two big holding calls, Wisconsin that wiped out big plays. So yeah. But it's more of good, and it was good. Yeah, so I mean, not a ton, like I could say honestly. Um, but yeah, a pretty pretty clean game for the Hoosiers, which is great. Um, only two penalties. They had the uh, roughing the passer, and then I think with pass interference, um, Wisconsin had eight penalties and and the two turnovers. So right there, that that's pretty much the difference in the game. I you had more first downs. Wisconsin outgained us, but. I think for me, the big thing with the defense was when you talked about Casey and, and company returning to more of the aggressive style, I thought the defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage. I thought that was the the key to the game, really. Wisconsin couldn't get a ton going on the ground. Their bigger back was good. He had, he had some nice runs, but, you know, top rusher with 48 yards. I thought they did a really good job up front. And if you have – those guys controlling the line that lets Casey be free without a guy on him to go make plays. And that's what he did. And that's when the team is at their best. So that was good to see, but yeah, I think overall just pretty solid sound game. The thing that keeps driving me crazy is that probably two weeks in a row. Now you've had a team dead in the water with no, yeah, energy, no momentum. You, let them back. you have a chance to, to step on their throats and put the game away. And we refuse to do it. I thought, that second drive, uh, I think we did. We make the field goal or miss the field goal on that drive, or we went missed up. The, 
Uh, oh, the one where uh, Sorzu pass just was too high and too hard yeah. for McCauley. First one, yeah, the second down one, which they ended up scoring on on the one-handed play, same, that fade in the corner. It was good. We were finally using our matchups with our bigger bodies. That was good to see. But, yeah, Sorsby misses him on that throw on second down. He was open, misses him. And then third down, Big Ten-wise, he's he's wide open. And he, he throws a rocket. You know, hit him in the hands. Maybe you should catch it. But that was a rocket and not probably where he expected it. He made up for it with a, obviously a great a great snag later, but those are the kind of plays that have plagued Indiana, and those are the ones Tom always talks about. It you have to finish, and those are drives you have to finish with touchdowns. And I think play calling was a little bit more aggressive, which was good to see in the red zone. But you have to capitalize. The game should have easily been seventeen or twenty-one to nothing, and it wasn't. And then they hung around and hung around and hung around, and you made it really interesting. Yeah, it was more for me the um, getting the ball in the second half after the fumble inside Wisconsin territory, try to get cute with Jalen Lucas, five-yard loss. Then they send the house, you get sacked, um, and you get no points there. I mean, there were fourth-quarter drives um, that started at – the Wisconsin 44 and the Indiana 43 and you go six plays and minus 11 yards yep. on those plays and you get you, you get nothing um Indiana only had one drive in the third quarter which is kind of surprising but um you know those those drives where if you go down maybe kick get in field goal range or score a touchdown and just get those tack on points kind of like in baseball you know, you, you have a big first three innings and, and you get a lead and then you start, you know, putting up a run here, a run there and, and build your lead. That's Indiana needed to do that on on Saturday. But you know what? You walk out of Memorial Stadium with a win. Your season continues and, and you head over to Illinois. Uh, we'll talk about that game quickly here. You head over to Illinois uh, with chance to, to come home for the spittoon um, looking for another win. Yeah, overall, again, I opened with it, but when you play competent, complimentary football like Indiana did yesterday, you don't need every play on the markets to go your way, and it didn't yesterday, but you still battled back and didn't completely fold when something went wrong and were able to win, and that that's what you want. Again, it's it's super unfortunate. You have to go two and six to figure that out about your team, and a lot of what ifs and why did it take so long, yada, yada. But good to see. Always fun to win. Everybody played a, a really solid game. No one did too much. Casey probably did, you know, the most. But everybody played their role and did their job. And you won. And you beat a pretty solid football team. And who will have a winning record. And so I don't want to hear it from IU fans that Tom Allen has a beat the team, a Big Ten team with a winning record. Wisconsin will probably finish 7-5 and five or something like that and go to a bowl game um, because they always do. Plus, that West is ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah it was good. And, yeah, at Sorsby, man, great game. Looked good. Got to get the middle of the field going. I think that's my big thing for the offense. I think if you're able to throw the ball over the middle a little bit more, probably opens up the run game a little bit. Tight end production has still been essentially zero. I was excited about all the different 
athletic body types that we had in the room and now it's Trey Walker just blocking. So that's been kind of disappointing. You made a couple catches. Yeah, but I mean that's when you talk about production, it's not the hockey player that got a scholarship in his fifth year that should be leading the tight end room in catches. But you know, um yeah, I don't know. I think you gotta get those guys going. Henderson couldn't do much. I think I, I always talk about it. I think you got to get him involved in the passing game. I think that's an X factor on the offense that goes underutilized. It worked really well last year, and we have not tried to do it all this year. Um, well, he's been out too, so yeah. to be fair, he's been yeah. injured. Yeah, and I mean, not not a ton of holes from to to run through yesterday. Um, he had a, he had a really good game against Penn State, but we couldn't get really anything on the ground going yesterday. But yeah, defense. Um, Pass coverage was really good. I think I liked what we did. We we made Locke beat us with his arm, which he really couldn't do. He missed some easy throws. That fourth and two, that wide open flat route he missed. Uh, defensive line batted three or four balls down, uh, but he was 21 of 41, so defense did a really good job. I think we finished with like eight or nine pass deflections, which is a, a crazy high number. Um, nine. nine. Nine with no picks. Yeah, so I mean that that's that's great. Uh, Lewis Moore played a great game. I don't know what it is about Josh Sanguinetti, man, but he always just seems to find the ball. I don't know how, but he always seems to just come up with takeaways. So good for him with the fumble recovery. Um, yeah, Shaw has has impressed again two weeks in a row now. A true freshman JoJo Johnson got in as on on defense and not just special teams. He played pretty well with a couple nice plays. Nick Toomer, good in the run game again. He had that pass breakup when he was blitzing. Yeah, solid game. Minor played pretty well. Defense overall played really well. No huge plays, which that's what I said to the people I was at the game with. It's like if you can just make Wisconsin and Locke have to go down the field and grind out drives, I don't think they're going to be able to do it, and they they really couldn't. Um, so, yeah, encouraging all around, but now you got to win – win next week or it doesn't really matter yep uh indiana heads to illinois um it's it's a game that should be a rivalry game but it's not i know some basketball fans are gonna be like oh illinois is not our rival well in football it's it's close to proximity um you're about even on on performances and they just don't play enough um indiana comes in they haven't lost to illinois since 2011 uh during the the last year, I believe, of Ron Zook. Um, that's how long ago it was, but they've only played like three times since then. Yeah. Uh, it, they're going to be coming in looking for a win. They thought they should have beaten Indiana last year in the opener. Uh, got some bad calls. They're also looking to get bowl eligible again for the second year in a row uh, after coming back against Minnesota. They have their own issues at quarterback. Um but they they do have a good defense, a good defensive line, which, you know, makes that Khalil Benson injury a little bit more concerning uh, and things like that. But Indiana goes in to a Big 10 West school, and, and two out of the last three opponents are Big 10 West schools. Um, and you just got to – if you play like you did against Penn State and play like you did against Wisconsin – uh, the the hope is you walk out of the other Memorial Stadium with the win next week um, and, and then come home 
against Michigan State, who somehow beat Nebraska um, yesterday in, in another game. So the playoff mode is still alive. My only thing is, look, you have two trophy games to, to end the year. What happens if you lose against Illinois? Does that just you, – you've been so focused on playoff mode, playoff mode, playoff mode, that's our season. We're playing to get to a bowl game. What happens if you get that seventh loss? Uh, and, and I guess it will cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, another tough question, Alex, and, and we'll end on this. Does this change any of your feelings on on Tom Allen? I don't. I don't think it can. Like I always talk about, it's really hard in college football and college sports in general to not be game to game and week to week with everything. And I think it's tough because I love winning and it was good to see him happy and the team happy. That's what we want. And that's what it's all about. I think when you look at the direction and kind of course of where we're going, I think it's tough to look beyond that. If you went out, maybe my tune changes a little bit here, but I don't know. I don't know if you can say one win at home by six points against a team with their three best players on offense out is enough for me to feel good, but yeah, wins a win and we beat Wisconsin and that that's never a bad thing. So other people, you know, if I've heard or, or seen say like, it, oh, it would be better if we lose out and two and 10 and rip the bandaid off. I was like, I don't know. I, I don't let, I, I want to win every game. And regardless of what happens staffing and personnel wise, I think just like the Michigan state game last year, like it didn't matter, but it's good to win. So it's good to win. You get a trophy game and, you know, in the, the grand scheme of Indiana football, you're putting wins against teams that you don't usually win. And, you know, everybody harpens back, well, look at the history of Indiana football. Well, guess what? These wins count towards that or these games count towards that. So, you you know, they over decades, those two and ten, three and nine, four and eight seasons where you're like, whatever, the end of the season doesn't matter those add up pretty quickly to 700 and something losses uh, where, you know, maybe if you went four and eight in 2021, or, you know, those years you went one and 11 or zero and 12 or whatever, and you won three or four games, maybe you're not the first team to 700 losses and you have some, you know, shred of respectability. But uh, to me, if Indiana wins out, it gets complicated. Um Another, you have the evergreen contract. Another year gets tacked on. I'm not 100% sure, but I would think that makes the buyout go back up to where it was last year. And I don't know if I it's, it's 20, if they didn't do it last year for 25, they're, they're sure as hell not doing it coming off a bowl, um, you know, to get rid of a coach who, who's not now going to his third bowl game it makes it complicated I get what you're they get what everybody's saying it's you know yeah it's kind of like the Bill Lynch thing oh he went to a bowl you don't really want to keep him around but you have to and things like that but you you want to win these games they're matchup opponents these are teams that you're going to be in recruiting battles with uh and, and things like that down the road um, and, and to stick that feather in your hat that you've beaten Illinois, you've beaten Purdue, you've beaten Michigan State is important, whether it's this staff or the next staff. 
Um, you want to, you know, if you want to tear the house down, fine, but don't blow up the foundation to, to tear the house down. Um, and, and it, you know, if the new staff could come in with coming off a team that's, you know, four and eight and five and seven, you have a little bit more momentum than three and nine or even before this game, two and 10. Yeah. I, if you, to me, if you have your backs against the wall and you went out and you make a bowl game, I think you're, you're back. And I think you want them back. I think you have a, a good amount of momentum at that point. I think there are pieces in place on the roster right now that you like, and you'd like to continue to grow and develop with. I think if you lose a coaching staff or a coach, all bets are off. And I think you lose most of the roster, which is fine. That That's what happens. And that's, that's what's best for the guys most likely. Um, yeah. If, Somehow, some way, Indiana is able to put together a four-game Big Ten football winning streak. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm back. Um, yeah, it, that doesn't matter really for now. What matters is is beating Illinois on Saturday. It's probably yep. gonna be, most of their games this year have been like drunk and like wild. So, I think you're gonna see a a wacky like. Like, are we talking 2013, 2015, Kevin Wilson, IU offense, wacky, drunk games? I think you're looking at, I mean, they lost to Wisconsin on an offensive lineman touchdown. They beat Toledo in the last seconds. I don't know how they beat Minnesota. Uh, The Nebraska game was, like, drunk for, like, the first half. Uh, I don't know what what to expect. I don't know who's going to play quarterback, but – if you stop Isaiah Williams on offense for the Illini, you got a pretty good chance of slowing him down. But Altmaier, who has started most of the year, is is good. He's extremely turnover prone. Paddock, their ball state transfer. I don't even know how he got in, but he finished the game and threw a touchdown at the end of the game to win it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if he starts next week, but he's an experienced player, played a ton in the MAC. Um, also turnover prone, but I don't know. I don't know what to expect. It's going to come down to the same thing, though. If Indiana can stop the running game for Illinois and make them throw the ball, I think you have a shot to win. But, yeah, all the, the personnel talk and what, what happens next, you got three games left and you got to win on Saturday. Um, if you don't win on Saturday and you put up lifeless efforts in the last two games for trophy games, yeah, I think I think you have to have that conversation. But for now, yeah. it's victory Sunday and, and I'm feeling good. Yep, and uh, be sure to read in, uh, TJ's Know Your Opponent tomorrow, Alex, to learn a little bit about Illinois, who might start, how drunk those games have been uh, on HoosierHuddle.com. So he does a good job re- researching the opponents, and uh, we'll have all the coverage leading up to the game and uh, all the all the news uh, coming out before that. And don't forget to check injury reports at, at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, as long as the Big Ten puts them out at 10 a.m. Eastern to to see what injuries might affect the game. It, it came into play this week. Uh, we'll see if it comes into play uh, next week. So Indiana takes on Illinois at Memorial Stadium in Champaign, Illinois. So don't drive to Bloomington and say Hoosier Huddle said that the game is at Memorial Stadium. It's in Champaign at noon on Big Ten Network. And uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully with another victory Sunday after the dust settles. Uh, But either way, we'll uh, come talk, break it down.